0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station
1: allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or its partners.
2: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website girlfriendit.com and the movement girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com.
3: Okay, does your leadership style reflect isolation or collaboration?
4: Okay, well I'm gonna turn the tables and I'm gonna ask you a question. Why is it so
3: easy? um, to try and lead alone? I, I think it's because of the people factor Okay, <laughs> because working with people can be challenging and sometimes it is easier just to do it yourself. Okay. Well, hold that thought. Before we get too far into our show, we want to just
4: remind everyone you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. And Lisa Jernigan is back finally. I, yay! I know. This has been a wild ride, I know. a crazy
3: thing. Have you missed me? I, I have, actually. I've really missed you. And it's like, I, I just, once again, we're talking about that on the show today doing things alone. And it was so lonely.
4: I love hearing that. You know, that little, my, um, you know, that. My heart, my heart is, you know, happy to hear that. But you know, is it was that so, all flustered just now? I did. I got, I got <laughs> sentimental and emotional. But you know, it was so fun. I flew in last night from Orlando, where they had a heat wave of 88 degrees, and I fly in, and you guys had snow in Phoenix. I know. Yesterday, isn't, isn't that crazy? It was crazy. Okay, we okay. we totally interrupted where we're going. Yeah. Because, because at Girlfriend at Radio, we rally you to do remark
3: to do the remarkable through resources and relationships, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website. Website at GirlfriendIt.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we are talking all about collaboration because that's what we love. It's mm-hmm. like we said, we do not like to do anything alone. No mm-hmm. lone ranger- rangerettes. <laughs> In fact, a significant collaboration um, we are totally enjoying with right now is an organi- organization called Stadia.
4: Well, and Stadia is bringing
3: people and churches together to transform lives
4: and and communities through church planning, and they say we have we give you se- seven billion reasons. I love that
3: seven billion reasons because that's
4: how many people are on the planet. It's you know what's funny the other day somebody said, "Do you know how many people are on the planet?" And I went,
3: "You're all." Excited. I know that
4: because <laughs> that's the tagline: seven billion. So I anyway, they me look they helped me look intelligent. If so there's I love seven
3: that. billion, I wonder if there's three and a half billion women. I don't know. Hold that thought.
4: Well, Stadia, you got me totally flustered again. Stadia is a thriving ministry, and Bloom is a a great aspect of of Stadia. And Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for church-planting wives so they can provide the same for their families, staff, and churches. And I understand that being a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. You really do need other women in your life. The women that understand, they get your heartbeat, that you can just be who you are with, be safe, and know that they you don't have to really use a lot of words because they get it. Mm-hmm. Well, representing Bloom today is our special guest and girlfriend, ben, Vanessa Pugh. All right, Vanessa, it is your turn to sit and have a cup of coffee with us today. And um, you are a brave woman for coming in into our world today. So welcome <laughs> to Girlfriend It.
3: Thank you so much for having me. We might give you a chance to talk. Maybe, just maybe. Lisa's had quite a few cups of coffee, so, you know. (laughs) Highly
4: caffeinated.
3: All so, right. That's
4: a good thing. But, so Vanessa, you are highly engaged with church planning wives in this ministry that we just talked about called Bloom. And for you guys, it really is all about collaboration and, and bringing church planning wives together just for encouragement and just to equip them. So because you guys are spread out all over the country, you have this dynamic ministry that you and, and our good friend Debbie Jones, you guys are leading with all your girlfriends. Um, we want to hear more about it because I know there's there's listeners out there going, okay, I'm feeling isolated in my little corner of the world. How how do I collaborate? And I, you know, maybe they want to be a part of with Stadia and Bloom. So, first of all, can you give us a brief overview of Bloom and your role within this dynamic ministry?
5: Sure. Um, well, when my husband and I uh, started into church planning, we didn't know anything about it. Um, so obviously, the whole journey was scary and. You weren't sure what to expect or how I was going to fit into this whole piece of what was going on. There's so many things for him to train him and prepare him for it, but, you know, then there's me. I'm on this journey as well, and just from right off the bat, experiencing the isolation. Because when we left the established church that we were at, I wasn't actively ministering to a group anymore, and you just felt like you were in the middle of the desert. And that's when I met Debbie through Bloom, and she had um, started Bloom just a little bit before that, so it was still the beginning phases, but it was definitely this huge vision within her heart. So she and I got to talking, and Debbie kind of pursued me as far as um, being participating in Bloom. Um, you know, she would call and she would check on me, and just just the relationship alone was enough to encourage me to get through some of the roughest times um, in our church plant. And then after some time, I had um, joined Debbie and another a big group of ladies in kind of a focus group to really see what Bloom needed to be to really minister to these wives. And shortly after that meeting, Debbie had approached me to be on um, her core leadership team. Um, And to be honest with you, it's funny that you say collaboration. That's the biggest reason I said yes, not because at that point in my life I felt like I had anything to really offer her leadership team. I just wanted to soak up all of the wisdom that her other leaders had around her. So for me, collaboration was on the brain word go um, so once I got in with that with Debbie and these other ladies I started learning so much and you started kind of um, getting a little bit more confident in, in the ways that you minister to other women and from then on a couple years into it um, we're very intentional about our leadership development and Debbie felt like that should apply to her as well so she needed to take on an apprentice and she felt led um, that I would be the person to do that so again I just out of the love of collaboration I said yes and here we are.
4: Okay, that is such a great story, and, and we are, you know, as people, we are motivated by other people's story, and you give other people permission to go. First of all, I love that you said that um, that Debbie reached out to you, and and pursued you, and checked on you, and kind of brought you in. So many times, it's easy to sit back, and kind of be a spectator, and go, somebody, I'll get involved if somebody does this, instead of being the one that initiates and activates it. And that really the model that you guys have really created really is a very intentional model you guys have been very intentional with relationships very intentional with your leadership and in making collaboration happen because collaboration doesn't just happen mm-hmm. out of a vacuum you really have to work at it and um and just what you guys have been able to accomplish and i i first met debbie a few years ago and and instantly just knew she was somebody who who loved people, first of all, loved the Lord, and was going to make life happen. And um, she had been talking about you behind your back, so I wanted you to know that, Vanessa. <laughs> and raved about you because that apprentice, and it really is finding that that girlfriend that can come alongside you and complete you
3: mm-hmm.
4: and do what maybe you can't do. And so that's kind of a thing, too, is like even start identifying people around you that – who can, who can surround you that maybe is a little different, that has some different skills and, and giftedness? What are some challenges that you guys have encountered? Because you have so many uh, wives that are, you guys are scattered across the country. What has been some of the challenges in, to bring people together for that collaboration?
5: Um, that distance has definitely been our biggest challenge, um, just because you know we we were all the way from the east coast to the west coast. Um, so distance definitely is our biggest challenge, but modern technology is our ace in the hole. There are so mm-hmm. many things that we're able to do through technology, with just with you know Google Plus Hangout groups, and we have an annual retreat that we get together, and you know we 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 make a point to create an event at Exponential where we can all come together um, and be with each other. So that has definitely been um, the biggest asset for us to bring that together. And also I mentioned, you know, the intentional developing of leaders, trying to find women in these regions who are willing to take on this additional responsibility, in addition to everything that we do, asking them, if you're in a position where you're able to help us do our best to love on each other and really help these other pastors' wives, is this something you'd be willing to do? And we're just blown away time and time again when God raises up someone who says, I'd love to do that, that's my passion, you know, how can I help? Mm-hmm. So that's been our biggest challenge, but like I said, we just we enter into everything with complete prayer and direction from God. It's never about what we want. It's always what we feel God wants from us. And so far, he just continues to honor that.
3: And Vanessa, have you, um, have you felt, a t- I mean, I know everyone feels a time of isolation, but when was the biggest, you know, part in your journey where you felt that isolation? Um,
5: without a doubt, the beginning phases before our church plant had launched. There's mm-hmm. so much busyness that you're doing and you're building a small core team, but you haven't engaged in the body yet that you're going to minister to so that was definitely the lowest point point. and you there's so many challenges that you face in church planting and you really do wonder and it, it sounds cliche but so many of our women you wonder am i the only one who's going through this am i the only one who can't sell my house am i the only one who fundraising isn't going well am i the only one and when you just get into a room with other women it's like okay this is normal like this is good mm-hmm. and just just putting relationships in front of you, it's amazing how quickly, when when any of our group is together, how quickly we just begin to minister to each other. It's the neatest thing to just step back and watch, it's never forced, it's never created, it just happens, and it's just the, the greatest thing. So definitely for me, beginning to when I, we actually launched our church was definitely kind of my wandering in the desert.
3: I, I love that. You're wandering in, in the desert. We only have a minute and a half left before we go into a commercial break. And you, you said a couple of things. Like you, you don't even know you're in that isolation period. So um, what would be one tip to share with our listeners for someone who, who's going through that right now um, on, to help them get out of that isolation?
5: Well, I don't know that my advice would be to the one in isolation. I think my advice would be to the ones who have been in isolation. Mm. Be aware of the women around you who are in that and mm. reach out to them um, would be my biggest advice. I have actually been blessed with a Cleveland network. I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio. And after we, a couple years after we launched, a few more church plants came into our area, and I have just absolutely taken after Debbie and just done my best to love on these women, to let them know that I'm here for them, to pray with them, Um, We're close enough in proximity that I can see them. We can have, you know, evenings out or have them over to my house or whatever, just to make sure someone loves you, someone cares about you. If you need someone during this journey, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. So I guess that would be my advice.
4: Well, Vanessa, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate the ministry of Bloom. You can find more information on our website. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, Erin Chambers will be joining us.
5: My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia.
4: Stadia brings people and churches
0: together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
3: back to our show. This day we are talking about your leadership style, isolation or collaboration. And joining us now is our special guest, Aaron Chambers. Aaron is the pastor of Journey Christian Church in Greeley, Colorado. He's an author, father of four, hubby and leadership consultant, also marriage coach and blogger. I don't know when you have time to sleep, Aaron. Um, So welcome to our show today.
1: Thank you. Yes, a pleasure to be on with you all.
3: Well, first of all, we have to give a shout-out hi from your
4: friends at Florida Christian College. Patty and I are getting ready to um, get on a plane tomorrow and go speak for their women's conference. And um, Glenda and the gang said, make sure you tell Aaron hi we love him. So um, we had to get that in before we get too far into our show. So hi from them. They love you there. Oh, that's
1: fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I love them, and you're going to have a great time. That's a fantastic place.
3: Well, you must, you must really truly be a, a girlfriend, Erin, because <laughs> first of all, we've had you on the show before. And we say
4: that as a huge compliment. <laughs> Thank
1: you so much. It, I'm going to tweet it. that. It, what's that? I'm going to tweet that. That's, you made my day.
3: That, that you're a great girlfriend because um, obviously our producers loved you and they invited you back on again. And then, you know, we're hearing from the outside all the way from Florida, make sure you tell Erin Chambers hello. And so, I, gosh, you're really popular. I need to tell you, uh, maybe I need to have a, a side conversation with your wife, okay? That's right. <laughs> this whole thing on doing leadership with, you know, collaborating, um, obviously you, you've hit it with, with the women. So apparently that's a really good thing. <laughs> Great. Well, to start off, Aaron, um, first of all, I, I recently just read your blog on on um, the internet, and you, you started out this blog saying that you collaborated with some of your friends on Facebook, and you asked the question about the top 10 things that, that drain you in ministry, and you, you wrote up the, the top 10 things that can drain you as a preacher. And it was hysterical. I literally found myself laughing out loud, and and the funniest thing I'm not going to give it away because I want people to go read the blog, but when you talk about um, doing a wedding and then later on your disclaimer, it just um, it just was hysterical. So, uh, and Aaron, I got
4: to interrupt because as a pastor's wife, it's like you know, truth is just. It, I totally resonated you. We, we can all see those incidents and those scenarios. And so love your, your twist of humor that you put with that. Cause it really does. You articulated, And you know, what's so fun about that is you're able to say things. that other people go, I would love to say that to somebody else, but people don't see, uh-huh. you know? So he's like, you let us be able to go, okay, hey, this is really the world that we live in. And these are real, these things really do happen. We don't make these things yeah. up. So it is kind of funny. Well, it's glad,
1: I'm glad I could serve you again. Yeah, Cause it's, it's uh yeah, that, that was, I've gotten a lot of response from that. And usually, I, usually it's just my mom reads it, but I've gotten a lot of <laughs> response from that one. And it's nice because I have, it has been something that people, you know, it's funny, it's lighthearted, but it's also based in actual experiences. So people have been able to send it to different people and, you know, kind of, you know, communicate a, a message in a non-threatening way. And, and, uh, cause, you know, it, there are a lot of, we love ministry. We're all in ministry because we love people. But sometimes it could be a little, you know, a little complicated.
3: Oh, it it was hysterical. And it it is funny, because I I know I, my my family, we pretty much all do ministry and we'll be at the movie theater. And it's like, I got these, I got these tickets, because we spoke last weekend. (laughs) And my sister, I got tickets, movie tickets and popcorn. And so it's this ongoing joke of what you know, and other people don't think that's funny, because they think you're not being sensitive or something, but it's, it's I really think that's funny. that's one
4: of his points, too. <laughs> yes. When somebody gives you, you can't say. It. So anyway, we'll encourage people to go read his top ten because he addresses that yeah. very
3: issue. Yes, <laughs> that's very yep. funny. Well, we have um, some questions for you here, Erin. And, and first of all, has there ever been a time when you were doing ministry that you just felt, over and beyond, just isolated and just lonely. And because and, it, it is, it makes you, it gives you that, that feeling of there are other people out there that can't possibly be going through what I'm going through. So, can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, that happens. That's happened to me um, in every ministry I've been in. There's been a season where I felt alone. Um, you know, you're always surrounded by people who love you, and you, you know, I have a great wife and family, and they support me and love me. But there are those times that come up. In, at least in my experience in every ministry, where it's just a season where you just feel really um, yeah you feel alone I know like when I first moved out here to Colorado, um, this church, I love it, the people are amazing it's uh it's just i, I cannot I wouldn't trade this for anything in the whole world and, and my wife and I have been loved on um, in, in this congregation in just incredible and dynamic ways. but when I first moved here from Florida, two thousand miles from from where I you know spent my life and it was a new culture, a new church. Uh, we were in transition, and I just remember um, another church calling me and and being just really. I mean, I'd only been here a few months, and I had no plans on leaving, but just feeling like how encouraging it was that somebody wanted me because I felt really alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we came out of that pretty quickly. But yeah, it's. A, I think I think I don't know. I don't know how you can do ministry without feeling alone uh, at times because of the nature of what we're trying to do. And sometimes when you take a step of faith, it is a step away from comfort, from family. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take a step of faith, you're going to be, you know, it'll be you and the Lord and, you know, your wife and your dogs. You <laughs> sometimes it just feels yes. like, ah, what have we done? And, and you know, you know, I remember feeling like a fish out of water, thinking, I don't understand the culture. I don't understand, you know, what is- why did you call me here, God? But, you know, we came out of that pretty quickly. And now on the other side of it, that experience, I wouldn't trade for anything because it, it it was such a character building experience, and what it did, it it Patty and Lisa it galvanized my commitment. You know, out of, out of those times of loneliness, I found um, I found clarity. It, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of clears the table, kind of gives you some clarity. And in this situation, it just I was just even more resolved that I am supposed to be in Greeley, Colorado. I'm supposed to be here, and 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 yeah, and God's just confirmed that again and again over the past five years.
3: Hmm. It it is so hard when um, in ministry. I think one of the the misperceptions that that that's out there is that you and your wife have all these friends. Because if you're in ministry as a pastor, all the congregation is there for you. You know, every night you probably are doing barbecues and you're you know just surrounded by people that that love on you, which which is probably true in your case. But for other people, <laughs> it's yeah. everybody, thinks everybody else is doing it. And so sometimes you can feel very alone and isolated just by um, people think you have, you've got it all figured out. And that's that, what we keep that, hearing in ministry.
1: You are so right. That is so true. Um, we have a great small group. Um, and as our church has grown, we've become even more close with our small group. And we find a lot of that. Support there, um, but you're, you're exactly right. There are, I mean, you're the preacher, you're the preacher's wife, and people feel there's just sometimes this awkwardness, and they feel like you know, I don't know, it's just hard to explain. And so there are times when there's the assumption that that oh they have all the support they need, and but that's not always the case. And I, um, if it went from our you know our small group and our our leadership team, we have really tight relationships, and but even so, there are times when you just feel like. I just want to, you know, I want to, I want to go to a ball game without it becoming a pastoral um, session. I want to, I want to go to the grocery store without, you know. And, and we love people. And that's the thing. If I love people, we get into ministry because we love people. But there are times when, when people don't understand. Like we were talking about, um, uh, we had a football game at our, at our, ch- uh, we watched the national championship football game at our church. And um, I was talking to my staff members, and he was saying it was so much fun. You know, got to know some of the men. But he said I kind of just wanted to watch the game. But you know the whole night was you know pastoral opportunities and connections it's just, it's, yeah. and we, none of us none of us lament that, but I don't think people understand that um, when we're around people from the church it's we're, we're on most of the time we're on, we're on the clock, you know, mm-hmm. and we love people, and we, we kind of you know when we do get downtime, it, it it's it's very common to feel like, you know, wow, it, you know it'd be nice to have a connection with somebody that um, was not. Uh, you know, all about counseling or, or ministry. You know, it, it sounds, yeah, I'm trying to, it doesn't, it, it Not sounds a lot talk- worse than it actually is.
3: I hear you. And and yet on the other hand, it's, it's interesting because there are times when, you know, Lisa and I will be like, oh, I would love to just, you know, even like this weekend going to Florida, um, they're they're kind enough to say, Hey, we're we're gonna take you to Disney World and and that that kind of stuff is so fun to be able to do some of that. But it's interesting because I also on one hand you want to get away from ministry and on the other hand, when I'm with other friends outside of ministry, I get bored sometimes because I think, Oh, they're not passionate about this and they're not, you know, this was that was such a boring conversation, you know, when people are just talking about Things that are happening with their kids or school, and that that sounds so rude as well. So it, it's kind of funny to have to have that balance. And to well,
5: that's the thing that, is we
1: have to check. We, we find ourselves constantly checking our thoughts and our conversations through this ministry filter. you know, I it's horrible for me to say this. You know, it's horrible for me to think this. It's horrible, but, but um, but that's just that's the, the extra pressure on on ministers and their wives and their families, um, and their and their husbands because we people just don't understand that. That, that's, that's something – and none of us are whining. We're not whining or complaining. We love – I'm so grateful for the privileges God has given me. But, like, what you're saying is that, that sometimes even relationships have this whole dynamic that unless mm-hmm. you're in ministry, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to quite understand it until, you're, until you spend a weekend in our shoes and, and know that, okay, um, I don't want to – I don't, like, don't want to be able to hang out with my friends without them feeling like I'm, you know, I'm their pastor, I'm judging them, I'm, and I'm not. But there's, there, it just it's routine for this awkwardness to kind of come up, and um, so yeah.
3: Just so you know, I am judging them. So for all those <laughs> and that was Patty. Just to clarify, I just want to make sure people heard that voice.
4: But you know what, Aaron? It, it is so funny because you know, on one hand, you do want to be the ordinary person, and then yeah, so many times people put. Put you in a role, and and you know we're cast in a role, and we're expected to perform in that role all the time. And sometimes you want to go. I don't want to be that role right now. I just want to be me that likes to go out and you know go to the movies or go do this and go have fun. And uh, just quickly a story. One time, my husband and I were out at the lake, and we were um, we were actually just swimming in the lake. And this a family from our church go whisping by in their boat, and they see us, and they had some little kids, and they stop, and they jumped in the water, and they were hanging with us. And the little girl saw you know my husband is a pastor. And she asked him why he didn't have his Bible with him. And it's like, <laughs> because I'm swimming in the lake right now. And it's just so funny because they have this perception, you know, this little kid. And I thought that was so, so funny and so cute because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, right now I'm, I'm swimming in the lake. And, and it's like, you know, My just, Bible I, is not waterproof. No, it's not waterproof <laughs> yeah. right now. And so it is really funny just the roles and responsibilities that we find ourselves cast into. Well, Aaron, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back. We're gonna continue our conversation with about isolation and collaboration and we are enjoying collaborating, you to say. So stay with us, we'll be right back.
2: is girlfriend it on Toginap. don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com it's time to discover it connect it propel it girlfriend it and we'll be right back with more girlfriend it radio right after these
4: we were thriving in a youth ministry when god clearly called us out of our bible belt comfort zone to plant a church in california stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us, like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through
1: church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
6: Lori Hurley, the social networking navigator, helps you overcome your overwhelm online and makes social media easy. Every week, she shares the latest and greatest about social networking and welcomes industry experts and end users of different social media platforms to share their experiences moving their business forward online. Whether you are a Facebook fanatic or a lover of LinkedIn, Lori has you covered on all angles of social media, including Twitter, YouTube, blogging, Google+, and more. Lori shares her knowledge and love of educating others on all things social media with relevant material, engaging guests, and hot tips and techniques to help you soar down the social media highway. Join her every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Social Networking News Hour here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to our show today. We are talking with Aaron Chambers. And the question we asked earlier in our show was, does your leadership style reflect collaboration or isolation? And um, Aaron, we just wanted to, we, we kind of left you, actually, we left you with a, wa- a non-waterproof Bible in the lake uh, <laughs> with Lisa. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, just, just kind of from your, share from your perspective some of the things that it's really hard and, and gets complicated in doing ministry.
1: Well, um, working with people is 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 uh, you know that's what we do, and it's complicated when you work with people. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially if you're you're on a team with a lot of different personalities, uh, you find yourself uh, trying to negotiate you know the different personality profiles, and and yeah, that's the biggest thing. You know, and I think you know, like for example, conflict is a is a huge issue that I'm I'm really focusing on nowadays. I uh, I know you, you guys mentioned I do marriage coaching. I'm working with I've worked with uh, over 400 couples in the past few years, and I do a lot of marriage coaching. I, work with, I actually work with two to four couples a week. Wow. And, and people fly me out to talk to them, and they actually fly in to meet with me. It's one of those things that God has opened up for me that I did not plan. Um, mm-hmm. But in this experience of working with couples, um, and, and I just, I've been made more keenly aware of how men and women are, are different. And, for example, on my staff, you know, we've got a, a growing staff with you know, men and women on it. Who are all leaders of leaders, and uh, I, it's just so clear that the things I see in a, a marriage where uh, you know there's what, what generates conflict in a marriage, the same dynamics can play out in a staff, and I, I think that's that's something that it's, it's, for me is really um, it's really, for me it's just a really empowering uh, you know bit of clarity to see the differences. So if you have a second, let me just kind of you know I I was thinking out loud here about. Um, Part of the root of the issue, and I know we, you know, we have um, probably, you know, I think there's a few women that li- listen to this uh, this show and our leaders. And I just want to just, I want to state the obvious. Thing, you know, men and women, there's a use difference. So, if we're working on teams, I found working with with women that it's important for me to remember a couple things. First, is that men and women that we tend to use words differently, and these are generalities. But you know, I tend to use words more like like tools. And my wife, and also the women on my team, we they tend to use words more like accessories. And so, like uh, my wife will talk to her girlfriend for an hour, and I ask, "Hey, hey, babe, what would you guys talk about?" "Oh, nothing." <laughs> like you talked to her for an, you talked to her for an hour. How could you talk about nothing? I don't, I don't understand that. And then, you know, if I talk to my, my uh, you know my associate minister, uh, if I talk to him for an hour, we could launch a missile. I mean, how yes. you know, much information <laughs> we could exchange in an hour? <laughs> <laughs> and and so I've realized with my team that sometimes I need to um, listen to the women on my team, not as if they're other men, but as women. And and then I they show me grace too, by by listening to me as not another woman, but as a man. And sometimes they have to help me and say, Okay, Aaron, uh, here's what we heard you say and I'm like, Oh no, that's horrible, that's not what I meant to say and you know, <laughs> so you give that give and take because we use words differently. And well, another thing too why, is just,
3: while you guys go are launching the missile our hour is spent cleaning up all of that and, and nurturing all of the people that got hurt by the missile. So that's why we yep. have to talk for that hour. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. It, you're you're so right, and because that's another thing is is that the the, the other, other difference that I think is important when we deal with deal with people on a team um, is that we think differently. Um, yes. That men and women in general in general think differently. Like you know, in general, these are just generalities. In general, I found that men you know we're more compartmentalized. And women see things more holistically. So what you said is exactly right. So we, you know, we make a decision. You know, I'm saying we, like me and my associate minister, make a decision, and we don't consult the women on our team. And they're like, "Wait a second! Because did you think about this? Did you think about that? Did you think about that?" Or if I, you know, I've done this. I've inadvertently hurt a woman on my team. You know, hurt her feelings, said something, you know, um, made a decision, and and pretty much stomped on her ministry and didn't mean to, and, and had to fix it. Well. For me, that's a distant memory, but for her, it's a present reality until we talk mm. about it. Not because, not because she's crazy, not because, I'm a, not because I'm a cyborg, but because we process things differently. Yes. I mean, I, let me give you a good example. Um, my wife and I were watching, the, I mentioned the national championship football game. Well, I went home and watched the second half of it at home, and my wife and I are both football fans. Well, in the national championship game between Alabama and Notre Dame, in the final minute, the Alabama quarterback in the center had a fight. In the middle of the field, in front of, na- in front of millions of people, they pushed each other. They were yelling at each other. And then, no, this is no lie, within three minutes after the game, they had won. Within three minutes, they were hugging each other. They were telling, you know, the camera people, how much the, uh, the sportscasters, how much they love each other, their roommates, their friends. And my wife leaned over to me, and she said, if they were women, they would have never forgiven each other that quickly. And it would have dragged out until <laughs> <Absolutely>. next <laughs> season. And I, I said, that's a great image of just some of the differences. I mean, it's, it's – uh, So, yes, so to to, answer that question about, you know, dealing with, you know, a staff, dealing with a team, and, you know, being by yourself and collaborating with others, if you're going to be in ministry, you're going to have to collaborate with others. And I've learned this in in really, you know, difficult ways. I've learned that when I'm working with women on my team and they're working with me, we have to show each other grace because we use words Mm -hmm. differently and we think differently, not different bad, but different good. Because my Mm -hmm. wife, because my wife, let me say it this way, because the women on my team, things more holistically, our Easter services are a million times better. Because I'll, I'll, I'll propose something, and I'm thinking in my compartment it's a great idea. And the women on my team will say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? So I've learned the wise leader brings in all those voices, values all those different opinions, and all those different ways of thinking, and you can make much better decisions. And whether you're in business or in ministry, you can, you can do a much better job when you, when you embrace those differences.
3: Well, and that is such a huge tip. It took me forever to figure that out because if people didn't think like me that were on the team, I, mm-hmm. I had a tendency to just kind of shake them off. It's like, no, I really do feel that my way is the best way. And it took forever to go, okay, whoa, my, my way really messed up <laughs> when mm-hmm. we went down that path. And had I listened to everybody on the team, it, it, it would have been, a, you know, a, a better event. So it, it is interesting how we have a tendency to even put people on a, on the team that think like us, rather than mm-hmm. respecting everybody and all those gifts that God. Brings to the table.
4: It really goes back to surrounding yourself people that complete you, not compete. And because I, you don't want everybody like you because you become so one dimensional. And like you said, just getting those other voices. But learning because there's so many leaders that are threatened by the different voices that are sitting mm-hmm. around the table. And it's like it, it tr- truly to collaborate effectively, you've got to go. This is not a threat. This is not a competition. This is really about coming together, being better, and accomplishing the mission that we're called to do. And and, and you see a lot of competition, even in, in territories established, unspoken territories established within churches and among churches, which um, it's just really sad to see because collaboration totally breaks down.
1: Yeah. And that's part of our culture here. We we, um, we expect all of our leaders to uh, empower other people. Uh, for example, I in any eight-week series, I only speak five times. Part of that is because we're doing four services every weekend, but... The other part is because I want to raise up other leaders who can who can teach and can, can speak uh, last week our worship minister was there, but he didn't lead at any of our services because he's raised up some men and women who do an amazing job so yeah, I have done that you know very intentionally here at journey we've we've done that very intentionally we've we've created a culture of collaboration because uh you know first of all we don't want to raise we don't want to create a cultural personality uh, I, and I have learned over my years of ministry that it is, it's healthier for the church for them to hear different voices. So, but that does, you know, that if you're going to do that, you're going to have to deal with conflict. You're going to have to deal with different personalities. And like you said, I, man, who is you know, not a leader who hasn't learned those lessons of, that we need different people? You know, my, my associate, I've known him for 25 years, and we worked together for four. And he's the guy that, I, like, I jump out of the airplane, and halfway down, I think to myself, oh, wait a second. I need a shoot. Well, he's, he's designed, you know, he's done a market analysis of shoots. He's designed a system where the shoot is put on my back as I jump out of the plane without my knowledge. He's put the best shoot, you know, in the shoot case. He's, he's done all the research. Now, when I was younger, I resented people who would, you know, who would want to think things through. I thought, you're slowing me down. You're killing vision. But now I've learned the hard way that, you know, we need those people. They, they, they add to the whole, I mean, they, they add so much value and strength to your team. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, like you, that you, you just nailed it with that because um, the the really analytical ones that are asking five thousand questions, I used to look at that as they doubted my leadership skills or they doubted mm-hmm. my leadership decision, and it's like we're going this route, and in, and instead it would be you know well if we're going to go this route, how about if this happens and what if this thing takes place, and I it would be irritating because it's like, we don't know that yet. We're just going to move forward and we're going to, you know, take that leap of faith and God's going to show us. And I don't have all the answers. And, and now you have really learned to appreciate those people because those questions do need to be asked, especially if all you do is you see the vision and you don't know how that's going to take place. It's good for those people to come in and, and put all, all those, the little analytical, you know, questions in place so we know what's going to happen. And um, I think that if, if someone would have told me that years ago, it sure would have helped.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we have just two minutes.
4: We have to take a, a quick break. What is another tip on this whole issue of conflict? And we could really do multiple radio shows on conflict. But what's, <laughs> what's another tip that you've learned, again, just in dealing with conflict among a team?
1: Well, my dad grew up on a farm, and he said, he had this saying, He says he used to say, uh, you don't cut off a dog's tail an inch at a time. And it's, it's, it was a way of saying, if you have an issue, you need to deal with it. Mm. And I have learned the hard way that if there's a conflict or I've or hurt somebody's feelings, it's best to, to just deal with it quickly and, and don't drag it out. Don't let Satan have opportunity to twist it into a noose to kill mm-hmm. you know, hearts and dreams and, and ministry leaders. So, yeah, that, I think that's the, the biggest thing. If I had one to list, it would be I've learned – to, to not drive things out and think you know oh I'll, just, I'll I'll just look the other way and it'll work itself out you know if it's something in your in your instinct your gut feeling is the Holy Spirit is prompting you to deal with it I have learned the hard way its best just to deal with it and and, and it's like Mark Twain says he said i have experienced I, I have experienced many horrible things and none of which ever happened you know you think about in life, we, we, we think, oh, having that meeting with that person is going to be horrible, but so often it's nothing. It works out fine. You talk about it. It may be uncomfortable, but I have learned you have to deal with it promptly. and, and just yeah, I have some other tips there, but basically that's the biggest the first thing is just to just deal with it and have the conversation and, and so often it, it gets worked off, worked out just right there off the bat.
3: Well, that's so interesting because uh, we used to actually raise dogs growing up, and uh, we used to raise the ones that you just would just whack their tail off, and it's it's a horrible thing to have to do. But it is a great thing when it's done. You're right because you just stop the bleeding. On that note of stopping the bleeding, we're going to take a quick break, (laughs) and when we return, (laughs) we'll continue our conversation with Aaron Chambers. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia.
4: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
2: Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
3: Welcome back to our show this day. Once again, we are talking about your leadership style, isolation, or collaboration. And um, we ended it on uh, just whack the tail off and... uh, and clean up the blood.
4: That was a little gruesome, I must say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and sometimes conflict is exactly that, where you have to just go in, and it can be bloody. And they're, they're, But it's better than having an oozing wound that, like you said, Aaron, just kind of keeps going mm. and going. Um, and I think as women, just like you said um, on that, the, the football fight when your wife said if that was a bunch of females, it would not have cleaned up that quickly. The tail uh-huh. would not have just been whacked off and put a Band-Aid on it and go on. And uh-huh. um, I do think, though, that the more I- that we can talk about this kind of communication for women, um, we can change the culture a little bit to go, okay, as females, we, we do need to be able to just approach each other and not resent and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And years later, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with something and all of a sudden they're going, well, that one time... When yeah. you said this to me, and you're like, whoa, I, I don't even remember doing that. You, you know why that happens, you though? Hold on to it.
1: That happens because, the, you know, men are more, like, you know, compartmentalized. And the way I describe, you know, women is, that in general, they're more like merry-go-rounds. And, and when something gets on the merry-go-round, like, for example, if I'm having a conflict with my wife, say we're having a, say that as I'm leaving the house in the morning, I'm just making this up, uh, we have a, we're in the middle of a fight, okay, and we both have to go our separate ways. Well, I go to work, and I have 20 unconnected, you know, experiences. And, and I can have a conflict with my one of my staff members, a guy, and then go to lunch with him, and we're fine, you know. It's, it's, but I walk in the door, and my wife, you know, she comes home from work, and she says, and one more thing. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, for her, it's been a present reality, not because she's crazy, but because she's holistic in her thought. And it's on her merry ground, It's going around and around. So I, what I do is when I'm working with teams or working with marriages, I say, listen, if you hear somebody in your team for example a female say something that you've heard and you, if you hear your a female staff member say something and, and your instinct is to say you keep bringing that up again and again or why do we keep having the same conversation it means it's on her merry ground and the only way to get it off is through conversation and mm-hmm. so i don't, i have learned not to not to look at that as a liability but to look at it as an asset the women on my team Help us as a whole team to make better decisions because they they think things through. Well, where it's an asset, it can also be a liability because when I have hurt somebody or if I've hurt my wife, it's on her merry-go-round and it's going to go around and around and around until we until we make time to talk about it because that's the way you get things off the merry-go-round is you communicate and mm-hmm. you talk about it until you need, until you're done. But I've seen it on my team where I have you know something is a decision hasn't made and then if I hear it you know three three staff meetings later. I've learned to stop and say, hey, um, okay, what it, what it, let, let's talk that through because obviously that's on your merry-go-round. We even use that language. But let's talk about it and see what we can do to try to, you know, process it. And, and sometimes it's me just having to apologize or whatever, but you're right. When you hear that, that's because it's on the merry-go-round, not because – and I found it, it's not because the woman wants it to be. It's because it's just – for reasons she can't explain, it's just on there. It's like – it's like this constant presence that keeps coming around and around. For example, I tell I – tell, um, in marriage coaching, I tell guys, I said, if you ask your wife, share a time when I've hurt you, she will, she will come up with something. Mm-hmm. And if she asked him, share a time when I hurt you, he's like, what? what? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm a perfect husband. You know, everything's fine. And it's just, it's just a, a beautiful difference. It's, uh, I actually – when it's an asset, I refer to it as a woman's superpower, that she can really <laughs> see things from a, from a, from a holistic perspective. And on my team, I've learned to tap into that superpower and say, okay, like I'll go to, to uh, I'll say, hey, this is happening in three months. How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. And they'll put it on their merry ground, and then sometime between now and then, they'll come and say, hey, I have these ideas. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's cool.
4: Well, and you know what you're saying? It's like when you're working with teams and when you have men and women on there, and even women, even when we have teams of women, the different temperament personality styles emerge. Because I know even for with Patty and I, she is one that will deal with the conflict easier. Where I will I will like do the tail a little bit in slower increments. That would be my natural default, and I've had to learn to whack the tail. Um, but it, it even is a temperament thing. And so understanding when you're with a group of women sitting around a table, it's like I have to understand a temperament issue that that temperament is going to respond quicker and and to the point and even kind of sharper and with this one other words and sometimes it's easy to compare the temperaments and you you view that person through your lens and you think wow that was mm-hmm. you know whatever but you, but once you understand and that's been so freeing for me to understand. This is my temperament. That's their temperament. And so, of course, we're going to see things differently and understanding they're not trying to be mean. That's just how they see it. And that's uh-huh. been a very freeing thing, just to, the whole personality thing, to understand that. Yep. Yep. That creates a lot of conflict just in among itself when we get the personalities colliding with each other around the table.
3: Yeah, and that's a yep. good point because not every female will keep it on the merry-go-round. With, mm-hmm. I, I know I grew up where, you know, you, you don't let the sun go down, you know, with your anger. And so for me, I have to get it off the merry-go-round ASAP. So I have to approach that person and maybe it should have gone around the merry-go-round a few times and I should be processing it and praying about it a little bit more before I just, you know, whack the tail and I'm not ready. Um, to, to do it in such a way with as much love as perhaps should be a part of it. Lisa's laughing. I can't imagine why.
1: But, well, Patty, that, that goes to another thing. This. Yeah, Patty, that goes to another thing I would say is, you know, we talked about you know, when there's a conflict, I think it's wise to deal with it quickly, but it's just as important to deal with it carefully. Yes. That you, you have the facts. I have gone off on, and gotten angry and not had the facts, and and you get the facts by talking to the people and involved and and say okay tell me tell me what what you what you experienced and and uh, that's so, it's so important we do it carefully because sometimes you don't need to whack the dog's tail off sometimes mm-hmm. you got the wrong dog um, it's it's not the, you haven't got you know get the facts um, and don't do it through email it's I've, I've learned the best way to do oh, it yeah. staff conflicts is to is face to face you know because email you can't you can't hear tones of voices and and mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, I carefully, that's what you're speaking to, is that it needs to be done carefully. Because not, you know, how many times have I gone off and gotten angry about something only to find out that I didn't know the whole story and I had it all wrong and I looked like an idiot because I wasn't careful. Go ahead.
3: Well, I just think that's a huge tip to not do it through email. It's really easy because it seems simple. Someone's you know, throws something at you in an email and you kind of, In your mind, you have a little bit of a tone, and you throw it back. Um, Mm -hmm. As soon as that is, you feel like throwing something back. I think that's a huge tip. You pick up the phone and you go, "Hey, I kind of heard this undertone. Am am I hearing this the right way? And we need to talk about this because I know Lisa and I have seen some horrific things take place through email fights. (laughs) Where Mm -hmm. you're then you're you know you're cleaning up the mess because especially you know with women they are they're reading it in a, in, in a wrong light. And that's a huge tip, Aaron, to not deal with it with emails.
1: Yeah. And I think the goal, another thing we need to, we need to ask ourselves too, is we're dealing, you know, in collaboration and in particular dealing with conflict is I have to ask myself, what is the goal? Um, I, the goal, I think the goal should not be complete and utter victory. The goal needs to be understanding. Um, if you deal with conflict, if you if you are constantly just reloading the, the entire time the other person is making their point or then then you're not listening. And and I found so much better it's like, okay, do I really want to nuke this person? They're my team member. I the goal should be I want to understand where they're coming from. You may not agree with it once you understand it, but the goal should be I want I want my team members to know that I when they have a an issue, um that, that I my goal is I want to understand where they're coming from. I wanna I want to know what it's like to walk in their shoes. And when I've done that, it's changed my tone of voice. It's changed, mm-hmm. I don't get as defensive. I'm more of a, you know, but then, you know, sometimes it does come down to a hard decision after that. But it's a you can make a much better decision when you when you understand where the other person's coming from. And, you know, if your goal is destruction, then you're going to be a horrible spouse when it comes to fighting. Like, why would you want to nuke your spouse? Why would you want right. to nuke one of your teammates um, unnecessarily? I mean, it's it's, and sometimes it's just a matter of we're, we get real defensive. We we bring these we you know we bring the we bring we need to when it comes to conflict we need to check our weapons at the door and 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 realize what and ask ourselves what is the goal is the goal understanding or victory if it's victory then only one person is going to walk out of the room and and that's horrible in a marriage and it's it's, it's incredibly destructive to the the atmosphere the the DNA of a team in a in a church setting or in a business setting.
3: And Aaron, I I love that. Check your weapons at the door because um, we only have three minutes uh, to the end of the show. And so there's a lot that I want to catch up here in these three minutes of just helping um, with we're, we're really focusing on not doing ministry alone. And in doing that, you're having to collaborate. But when you have to collaborate, you have tons of conflict and so many times we, we want to go alone because it's faster and you think I don't have to mess with people. I mean, Lisa and I say it all the time. I love doing ministry. We just don't want to have to work with people (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's and that's horrible, you know, because we know deep down, it's like, it's so neat working with people and it's just so much fun. And, um, you, it, Working with teams is—it's just—it's amazing to be able to celebrate the vision together, to be able to work on the vision together. It's just having to deal with the the conflict, and I think that's such a huge tip, is to. Um, not have the victory and so many of us we you want to win especially if you have people with a competitive spirit and like Lisa said earlier you know you need people on there that complete you not that you're competing Mm -hmm. against and so checking your weapons at the door and and knowing that we're all for this cause for Christ not in this cause to win and uh you really have to check your egos at the door as well so in two minutes what's another tip I love that. Check your weapons at the door.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I think, um, you know, the goal, you know, I've talked about dealing with it, you know, promptly, carefully. Another one I thought was, you know, just deal with it constructively. Like what, how can we, how can we have a win for, you know, the institution, for the church, for all of us, for the team through this? Um, You know, if the goal, I think the goal should be positive change. uh, That, you know, if we're dealing with conflict, uh, what can we do to make this a win? As much as possible for everybody, um, and it's just um, can I can I give some, like I feel like I'm being real negative. Can I give some positive angles to it? Um, I, I, I Just let me string some things real quick that are a part of our culture here. Um, and I just I'm a preacher, so I'm going to use alliteration. They all start with an E, okay? And these are like five things that I think are real positive ways to deal with conflict. And, and that this could probably summarize it better in a more positive way. Um, First is enlisting. You know, and I think it's important that you bring your team along with you on the journey. And so you enlist your really good people, and you and you. And then the next thing is entrust them. I think it's important to be entrusting. That that I don't. My team does not have to earn my trust. They have it, and and that has created such a positive vibe on our culture. In our culture, where they feel trusted, and they feel because they feel trusted, um, it 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 unleashes a, a hey, really you're... fresh wind.
3: We're at the end of our show, but we are going to um, post these on our Facebook and on our website. And also, you're going to have to blog about them now.
1: So awesome. well, thank you
3: so much, Aaron, for being on our show today. And we can't wait to have you on again.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you for being a part of this special program, It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the